You going to the shore this summer? Yeah, I'm going over tortoise it. Hey, Crazy Eddie. Hey, John. How you doing? I'm doing pretty well. <clears throat> Sorry about the delay there. My mom got me a uh, got me a Yeti like yours yeah. for my uh, birthday. And but yours uh, is on a stick. Yours is like a corn dog. Yeah, it is like a corn dog, isn't it? And it's all sideways, sideways. Yeah, it's sideways. Um, yeah, I have a microphone stand and uh, using it to. I think my I think this is a little too loud. Hold on. Yeah, that's that's more like it. Um, yeah, I, uh, I put it on a microphone stand so that I won't bump it on the desk, or I won't bump the desk. That's the other thing I bought myself. My birthday present to myself is a credenza. A credenza. Yeah, every every forty seven year old man needs a credenza. Yeah. <laughs> what accent was that? I was trying to decide whether there's something about the credenza as an object that seems lawyer lawyerly and British, but uh yeah. I suppose it's an Italian word. I never thought to look it up. Credenza. You must talk to my father, Credenza, for my hand in marriage. I'm a man. <laughs> it's a me, Mario, jumping on the Credenza. <laughs> Most of all of Super Mario World takes place in a Credenza. I buy, you know I'll buy that. I'll buy that. Well, if I were to play it here on my laptop, it would certainly be in a Credenza. Because uh, well, would it be on a Credenza? Oh, it would be on a Credenza. Yeah. So you've um, you've got your back to. I'm looking at a I'm looking at a big old bookcase, and you've been Instagramming little videos of uh, you've just been panning the camera along your, um, or I guess technically what dollying the camera along holding the, in my hand. Yeah, yeah. You being the dolly. I'm a dolly. Hello, dolly. Uh, I was the lead in Hello, Dolly, my senior year in high school. Were you really? Well, it wasn't the lead in the sense that I was not Dolly. Yeah. Dolly Levi was played by Sally Bayless. Of course. Of course she was. I was her reluctant suitor, uh, <laughs> Horace Vandergelder from Yonkers, New York. <laughs> he was irascible. Yeah. Well, naturally. You were, if, if I remember right, if I remember right, there are tales of you being, in fact, quite irascible as a teen. Was I irascible? Yeah. I think Walter Matthau is a bad role model for a (laughs) 17-year-old. I wasn't so irascible. I have been irascible and cranky lately. I am no longer. Why is that? I went to the eye doctor, got a new prescription. Oh. New lenses. And I went to the dentist, had a root canal. Oh, my God, Eddie. And I realized that I felt for about eight months like I've had a spear in my face that Jesus has now been God. removed <laughs> bloodlessly. Actually, there's a little blood. But uh, and How now can, I, you know, that, that can that, that can impinge on one's charitability. How I don't. Did you know that you needed a root canal all that time? I knew that my tooth hurt. Yeah. I had a crown on it. I'd been to the dentist. I, th- I thought that it was just adjusting to the new regime, as we all are. Yeah, of course. It turned out that, that uh, my nerve needed to be impeached. <laughs> and it was successfully. Um, 
Well, I'm really glad. No, I wasn't referring to your irascibility of a year a year ago or eight right. months ago. I'm referring to your irascibility of uh, something about a something about a shotgun. Oh, that was college. Okay. <laughs> and that wasn't that wasn't irascibility. That was uh, mischievousness. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. That was that was some um, that was uh, some Second Amendment mischievousness. <laughs> um. So. I uh, uh, but back to the bookcase. Is this a new bookcase? Is this uh, the first time? Have you have you just recently un, you know decanted all your books onto the shelf? I've been in here about a month, and I have realigned the uh, the my desk, which is the old uh, back porch coffee table from my grandparents' house in Bethesda, Maryland, in the seventies. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a flat surface, no compartments like your fancy credenza. <laughs> it's 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 not fancy. <laughs> no, is why I liked it um, actually. I realigned yeah, the, it's a little fancy actually. It's, Go it on. Sounds right. Is it? Is it uh, uh, what kind of wood is it? I don't know because it's painted wood, which is my favorite kind of wood. And, it's a good uh, kind. Yeah, and it has um from the painted one th- forests. What's that? From the painted forests of <laughs> yeah. the north. Yeah, exactly. From the yarn-bombed forests of the Pacific Northwest. Mm. Um, no, I, 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 had a, I had a mind to um, de-uglify and rearrange mm-hmm. my recording area in my living mm-hmm. room here. And mm-hmm. I thought, you know what I need? I need like a low, long, narrow table. Sort of like a console table or a credenza. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, well... And I pictured one in my head. I thought maybe I'll maybe if I go down to the used furniture store, there's a great used furniture store here in Ithaca called Mimi's. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they'll have one. And lo and behold, they had exactly what I was looking for. And it's got a couple of cutouts in the top, and these glass has these glass inserts that are sort of laid into these cutouts. So um, it's a little extra touch of class there. That is classy. Yeah. So this could easily serve as a uh, desk, if necessary. I don't have. I have. There's room in this uh, apartment that when my younger son heads to college next year, um, I'll repurpose as an office. And if I really wanted to, I could work up there now on the days when he's not staying with me. But, um, but uh, that's his. I think it is his room for now, and I'm not going to start to claim it. Um, so, in the, for the time being, my home office will be this little corner. I put mm-hmm. my laptop on the credenza. I could put a little uh, electronic keyboard here, play a little music. Mm-hmm. Could podcast with my friend Eddie here. But uh, but anyway, we had been we had been talking about uh, about your bookcase, and I want to I want to continue that. Well, I re- I realigned the uh, to the table to so that I was looking at through, out the window through the side instead of head on. Yeah, which was something ergonomically they taught us at. Microsoft twenty years ago <laughs> is that you should uh, you should have a window yes correct or some source of light but it should be to the side instead of in front of you you shouldn't be working with a computer and then a window behind it really but to the side why something to do with the eyes okay okay focus you're supposed to uh, they also taught us to uh, control the world and squash dissent. What is that? <laughs> okay. But in addition, or ergonomically, they suggested that uh, that would allow you to turn your head, look out of the window, 
focus on something distant. Yeah. A bit. And then yeah. something close. Something far. Something close. Something far. Something close. And then get back to work. That was and that was called lunch. No. All of all the of all the uh healthy things about taking a walk, if what you do for work is to look mm-hmm. at a computer um or read a book. Yeah. Uh of all the of all the good things about taking a walk, one of the things I think is most valuable is that you look in the distance. I yes. think it's important to look in the distance for a certain number of hours each day. Yeah. So well done, Microsoft. Thanks, Microsoft. I also still have a stapler from when I worked there. So I have some some lessons about eye health and a stapler. That's what I it, carried with me from my brief it, tenure at the Microsoft Corporation. Um, Rian's uh, old boyfriend's mother was one of the first employees of Microsoft and eventually retired with a very tidy nest egg. I would hope so. Um, but when they were dating, she gave Rian a, a Microsoft sweatshirt nice. um, from the early years of Microsoft with that great that great bad logo with, the, I think the O has like little little lines through it. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, she still has it. She's got a vintage Microsoft sweatshirt. It's probably worth tens. Tens of, tens of ones. Yeah. Tens and tens of, of pennies. Yes, yes. So, so I, so, but so, uh, <clears throat> the unintended benefit is, is that you get a better picture yeah. of me on the Skype camera. Yeah, yeah. Well, I enjoyed, I've enjoyed the tour of your, the Instagram tour of your bookcase. Um, many, f- many books that I like very much on there, many books by people that I like very much on there. That's what I'm down to book wise. Yeah, that's all. Uh, that's it's what mostly you need. books, books that are by people that I like. Um, Many of them because they have been signed, and therefore I can't get rid of them because they would end up um, on the a used bookstore shelf in their hometown, and they would find it. Yeah. And, and, or like the or like the book that I found online. That's of, of my own book that I found online. That um, the little description says <laughs> inscribed by the author uh, uh, to writer Chris Offit. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, he'd obviously going through a purge which is fine by me nothing someone who's this is somebody who is now well into his 50s and i think has moved every year <laughs> of his <laughs> life has. i don't begrudge him that no i don't begrudge him that either but you yeah. never you don't think of that when you get rid of the the book someone has signed over to you did you read the book about his father's pornographic uh noveling uh, novel only career? only an excerpt of it which i enjoyed very much fantastic. yeah excellent the whole book is great if yeah. I remember right, they also wrote science fiction paperbacks, didn't they? Mm-hmm. As well as pornography. His mom, yeah, both. Yeah, but the the science fiction paperbacks were a little. They were a little racy. <laughs> I should hope so. I mean, if they weren't out and out porn, they were. They involved busty aliens. <laughs> yeah. Wait, did you say busty aliens? Busty aliens. Yeah. There's two kinds of aliens: busty <laughs> aliens. And beady-eyed monsters, right? That's the <laughs> science fiction slang. BEMs. Yeah, yeah. They went more for the busty. <laughs> yeah, of course, who wouldn't? Who would pick a beady-eyed people, monster? People go beady. <laughs> Some go beady. Yeah. Um, I don't know what we were talking about, though. It's good to see you. Did you have a good week there in Ithaca? Um, 
To have a oh. good week here in Ithaca. It was my last week of school. I have one more class to teach on Monday, and then Tuesday morning, um, I head out for the book tour. Mm, you've already had a a or a couple of events for the book. I had one. I had one here in Ithaca. Mm-hmm. That was uh, that was on Friday. People have copies of the book in their hands. Uh, they did. People, they people the, were walking around with books. The bookstore uh, made a little, made a very appealing wall of Broken's River. And uh, when the reading ended, people came up and they uh, they they tore that wall down. Nice, yeah. Broken's River. Broken's River sounds Dutch. Yeah, <laughs> that should be my that should be my new name. Broken's actually, River. My pen name. Yeah, Broken's River. <laughs> uh, so it was great. It was a uh, um, lot, lot of locals, a lot of familiar faces. A bunch of my students mm-hmm. came. Uh, my folks were in town, and they and my children sat and listened as I F-bombed them. Mm-hmm. Um, I re- wrote a, read a sweary part of the book without really realizing it was coming down the pike. I kind of just, yeah. but what are you going to do? What can you do? Yeah, You could not swear in front of your children and parents, I suppose, is one yeah, thing yeah, well. that you could do. Or, you know, fuck them. Yeah, fuck them is, what, is the way, <laughs> the, the decision I made. Um. So this week you have some you have a you have a long list a long of, list. Appear, of appearances and visits. This week uh New York, Boston and DC. And then the following week I start the long the long haul through the Midwest and into the into the Northwest where I will uh I will come and uh, do an event with you. In just at, a few uh, weeks. At Pals Burnside. Yeah, in just a few That's weeks. Right, on the 21st of this month, right? 21st. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. Are you going to take the train, uh, New York, Boston, DC? Nope. I'm going to, um, uh, my significant other lives in, uh, New Haven. So I'm going to base myself there and do the, and do oh. day trips to all these, all these places. DC, I'll just, I'll bomb. I think I'll just stay over at my parents' house after that. I'm, I'm driving is the, is the oh, summary here. I'm going to drive and then I'm going to, um, uh, fly to Minneapolis and rent a car and then drive for 10 days. All the way out to you. You're driving all the way out here. Yep. I didn't realize that was the plan. Yep. Uh, that is bold. That is bold. I'll tell Makes you what. Sense, though you're going to Missoula. Yep. Yeah. Well, I'm going it's, here. It's going to be Seattle, Minneapolis, yeah. Iowa City, Lawrence, yeah. yeah, Denver. Yeah. Going to have a vacation night in Wyoming. Uh, then Missoula, Spokane. Seattle and Portland. Then I'll fly home from Portland. Those consecutive days? Uh, except for Denver to Missoula, there's a break. And then I have an extra day in Missoula because I like Missoula. It's a lot of driving, John. Ed, it's better than daily trips oh. through airport security. Absolutely agree. I would, I would much prefer to drive eight hours than to go through airport security for five minutes. Yeah. Oh, and, sure. And the need to do the need. Safer. I'll tell you what the most stressful thing about flying is for me. The beatings? Nope. No, nope, I like those. Um, yeah, it's nice to be touched. Yeah. It's nice to be touched. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it is having to be at a specific place at a specific time. Yeah. And if I don't get there at the exact right time... Um, then I then I don't go at all, or I have mm-hmm. to wait to the next day, which is intolerable to me. And uh, 
as a result of my paranoia about this, I, I get to airports very, very early, which means I usually have to wake up very, very early. And yeah. if I wake up very, very early, I have to set the alarm, which is also stressful for me. I have my, my teenage obsessive compulsive staring at the alarm for 15 minutes, trying mm-hmm. to drill into my head that it's actually going to work. That has returned. And, yeah, uh, oh, I see. But then when I go into the airport, I have to set two alarms. I, on my phone, I set the, the primary alarm, and then I bring, up, bring the iPad into the bedroom, and I set a second alarm on the iPad for five minutes later in case the first one doesn't take. And then I have to drive to Syracuse to get the plane because if you can't fly out of Ithaca because it's too expensive. So I don't like to fly is the yeah. summary here. You know, yeah. with the rental car, I just get, I just, I still set the alarm, I'm sure, but I can yawn and stretch. I can have a cup of coffee. I can have yeah. a pastry, a piece of fruit, get on the road at my leisure. I'm excited for your, your long drive. I'm trying to wrap my head around that. Minneapolis to Chicago? No, no, Minneapolis to Iowa City, I think. Minneapolis to Iowa City, yeah. Straight south, more or less. Mm-hmm. Haven't um, mapped it out yet. I've, I've done the times. I've, I've might, mapped go through Man- might go through Mankato. Seems likely. On the way south. You tell possible. me. I don't think I've made this drive before. A I've lot never, of these drives I've never made before. Yeah. I've driven from, you know, through Iowa City up to Chicago. Mm-hmm. And I've done Iowa City to Lawrence before. That's, that's fine. Yeah. I-29. A lot, of, uh, a lot of fetuses on billboards? Some. In case you, case you forget for a moment that fetuses are a thing. Yeah. You'll be invited to gaze upon some. Yeah. My nephew had a car accident between Iowa City and Kansas City. Oh, dear. Lawrence. Recently? Uh, about a month ago. Broke his collarbone. Uh, he's otherwise head all on right? Collision, head on collision. Walked away. Jesus Christ. Mm, lucky did, kid. Did someone, was it on the highway? Did somebody like mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. jump I think to he, meet him? Yeah, I don't know what happened exactly. He crossed. I think he got swiped. By somebody in his lane and crossed the highway and hit somebody on the other side. Oh, Walked geez. away. Everybody's fine. Car's not extra- so extraordinary. Yeah. So watch out for that stretch. Okay, I will. Watch out for the ghost of good luck and fortune. Just wet its <laughs> wet its appetite on your you yeah. know, your nephew. Iowa City's great. Iowa City's great. I'm wearing a shirt that I I bought this shirt in Iowa City. Oh yeah, at the uh, at the at the big and tall floor of the department store? Yeah, yeah. Yours, men's clothing. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Think fondly of it. What's, the, what's that bar? There's a bar in Iowa City. I think it's Iowa City that you recommended I loved. It's kind of a low Dave's, building. Dave's Foxhead. The Foxhead, that's Foxhead. the place. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, if you have time, I recommend going there and having a, a, a pint. I definitely will. In fact, what I'm going to do right now is add it to my actual calendar. Um, so, go to Foxhead. Thank you. And then to Lawrence. What a lovely place. You'll be at the library. I'm going to be at the library. The invitation of Brad Allen. Yep. He's a lovely guy. Um, anyone who's listening should definitely come and uh, visit me on one of these. If you go to my website, jrobertlennon.com, yeah. uh, you'll, uh, you'll see the schedule. I would love to, love to see some, some lunchbox listeners on the road. So yeah, I'm going on, on, going on this epic drive. Um, 
Very excited about Denver to Missoula. Denver to Missoula, that's a slog. That's an all-American slog. Is it beautiful, though, or is it just desolate? Have you never driven that? Nope. See, I had to drive that, – that, that's a great deal of – it's part of my memories of of living in Missoula was driving from Missoula to Topeka, mm-hmm. you know, a number of times, destroying two cars in the process. Yeah. <laughs> on, the, on the return drives. So I forgot to put oil in them. And oh, that was that foolish. Yeah. Um, from Denver to – well, from, from Lawrence to Denver – is flat there's if you and it's about 10 hours nine hours so you'll be hustling if you have any time if you find yourself leaving lawrence early i recommend stopping in lucas kansas mm-hmm. which is about a been you know, probably hour and a half detour i mean it's maybe 20 miles off the road but 20 miles there 20 miles back lucas kansas has the garden of eden one of the great folk art uh things okay. folk arts folks art um, what I'm familiar with 120 okay. year old concrete Garden of Eden Garden of Eden all right I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this up on the old uh, the old browser here yeah let's see the town of Lucas let's see what we have here. Civil War veteran J.P. Dinsmore. No, it's S.P. S.P. Dinsmore's Dinsmore. mm-hmm. Garden of Eden has its own website. Look at this. Yes. It's a large yard. It might be uh, an acre. That so he, uh, um, mm-hmm. uh, Stephanie's coming along for part of this drive, um, has a little vacation. She's never been to the Midwest so um, or, the, or the West. So... Uh, I think she'll be down for some uh, odd sights and sounds. Some high planes, some high planes drifting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. this is perfect. Yeah, what about you'll be going through the high planes. <clears throat> so after Den- Denver to Missoula is a slog. You don't have right. one day to do that. Do you? you have two days? Yeah, um, and yeah. I'm st- stopping right. in the middle. Stopping in the middle in this place recommended by the uh, poet. Um, Sharon, Sh- Shannon Tharp is a Twitter friend. Never met her in yeah. real life, but Alice Boland told me about her writing and she's a really good poet. Um, staying at, let's see, the Log Cabin Motel in Pinedale, Wyoming. I don't know where Pinedale is. Yeah, hold on. I'll find it for you. Um, you're gonna, you're gonna love it. It is, it, you know, it's a bunch of little, it's a bunch of little cabins. It's like it looks a little like Loxa Lodge in Idaho was mm-hmm. before it yeah. burned down, or maybe it's been, maybe that, maybe they built it's it. It's been rebuilt. Yeah, we yeah. stopped. We went there a few months ago or a few years ago. Is it still charming? Very charming. Excellent. Yeah, I yeah, love this, the Loxa. This place also looks charming. So let me send you a send you a link here to the Log Cabin Motel. Yeah, I just asked on asked on Twitter uh, any. Any places to stop in Wyoming, and she jumped on there and immediately said, "This is the place to go." So, all right, that's what I'm doing. The Garden of Eden looks great, though. That I uh, um, looks very, uh, ex- w- uh, very idiosyncratic and uh, autodidactic. Yes, those things. 
Visionary. Visionary. So I don't know. You got any book tour tips? What should I, what should I do to keep the readings interesting? What do people like? Do people like readings? See, that's the problem. I don't like readings. Um, I like to give them because I'm the one talking. I usually don't like to listen to them because I don't want to hear other people talking. So how do I make it interesting for other people? I assume they're not like me. Otherwise, they wouldn't come to the readings. I think people like being told a story. Well, that's, I mean, I'm doing that. Well, are you? I, mean, I have to say that I've been to many fiction readings, readings from books, in which no story is being told. Oh. Right. Where some pages of prose are being recited. <laughs> yeah. Which is not the same thing as being told a story and satisfies no one. Because you neither get the satisfaction of having told a story nor of hearing one. Well, here's what I tend to do. I tend to warm up the crowd, so to speak. First of all, I keep it. I like to keep it short. Yeah. Uh, the, the overall, keep the whole thing short. And if people want, to, yeah, if people want to ask questions, that's I find that more interesting as a listener and a reader, just because then you have conversations with people and mm-hmm. conversation about writing might emerge, which is which I like. Um, yeah. So I start off with whatever like flash fiction I'm I'm writing. Uh, I just start off with quote unquote new work. And last book tour, that was um, those mistranslations I had done, and uh, the the mistwin translations in the meeting notes. This time, it's I've been doing these little triptychs um, of three three stories on one piece of paper with with a all, all variations on a theme, and that's been kind of that's been kind of productive. So I'll just I'll spend six minutes reading a few of those, and then I will try to read a either contiguous novel excerpt. Or the bit that I read in Ithaca, I did like two paragraphs from one chapter to set up the next chapter. And yeah. I read the next chapter. But I, I just, how do you read, how do you, how do you deliver a compelling reading out of a novel? I've, I've had people, watch people skip around five, six, seven different excerpts from various places, the bits they like, and it's not good. No. You should read the beginning. I'm, so, I'm tired of reading the beginning though. Read the end. <laughs> That's bold. Well, I mean, it's it's if uh, if it's this is the draft. I mean, usually it's the uh, um, the end is a uh, poetic denouement rather than actual content of what. Well, what so, happened? Unfortunately, <laughs> of course. Unfortunately, the uh, a mystery. The last word of your book is Butler. <laughs> Second to last word is the. <laughs> no, um, there's a there's a mystery that's generated in the opening pages of the book that yeah, okay. finally gets solved in the last page. So um, it's not super important, but it's it is it would be a spoiler. It turns out other people believe in spoilers. Yeah, I, I think re- I, I like I like to. Uh, um, I, I think reading the be- the beginning of the book. Um is rewarding for the audience yeah. because they're thinking about reading it themselves and, and it gets them over that hurdle Yeah, of, of starting the book. Okay. Right. Of starting the book. And then they pick up the book and they read it. It's like, I remember this and I can hear John read it <laughs> uh-huh. in my head. And then, then they're, they can move through it as an we, aid. Uh, yeah. 
as a listener, I tend to like the the first chapter because we're all on yeah. the same page. There's not, you know, we're only yeah. we're not we're, we share with the writer. We have all the knowledge we need to enjoy it. So here, here are two things that I hate. Okay. Okay. <laughs> One of them is when um, an actor is being interviewed and they're talking about their character. Um, with a kind of a wry smile and talking about that person as if they're really a person, mm. Mm. you know. Uh, and if, if somehow affiliated thing that I hate is when somebody is uh, giving a, a reading from something along, and then they keep stopping to explain something. Yeah. Oh, I have to tell you this. About, let me tell you this about Lucy. Yeah. Oh, this reminds me. So this happens later. So <laughs> that. That's those are grounds for grounds for expulsion. Yeah, grounds well, for expulsion. It means that the it means that the person did not prepare for the reading. Because I think what yeah. you you gotta you gotta sit down with your manuscript, or your book, and plan what you're going to read, and then think, okay, is this? Do I need to explain anything ahead of time? And if you do, you probably you probably just shouldn't. Well, what what A and B have in common there? The actor. Riley explaining their character as if the character was real. Yeah. And the person explaining the complex, ex- indicating that the book has many complexities that are yeah. too complex to go in here. Yeah. Um, is there some sort of weird uh, uh, narcissistic power play mm-hmm. with a captive audience? Yeah. Which is a, a road that uh, no one wants to go down. There is definitely an element of. I am so delighted by the my mental machinations yeah. that resulted in yeah. this product. And yeah. we had, there was a reading at um I at, wish you could feel this way. <laughs> but you can't. Only I Alas. <laughs> There's a reading at the summer conference I usually go to one year. I think in retrospect I hate it less. Once I realized that the writer probably did not understand what was expected of her. I think what was expected of her was a reading from her work. She, you know, was this is an evening reading happens every night. It's after the whole day of classes and craft talks and so on. And then you go to the evening reading and then you all go have a drink at the, at the, yeah. you know, at the, um, yeah at the whatever the the house where the have the drinks in every night and then everyone if you're still want to socialize six. you walk down to the bar and keep yeah. talking so it's like the beginning right. of the relaxing part of the day yeah um but she had the idea that she was going to be explaining to people how she got her ideas and how she published she wrote them and published them and so the reading came off as it it goes without saying that I have done something wonderful, right. and I'm very very proud of having done it. Yes, and all of you wish you could do it too. Mm-hmm. And here's how I did it. And essentially, it was an historical novel, um, in which and what happened was she she ended up presenting the material as though no one else knew about it. She had discovered some, um, historical some some lost historical information when in fact it's something a lot of people know about There's common knowledge yeah. and is com- fairly common knowledge and that um she was the her ability to have looked stuff up was exciting to her but it came yeah. it came off in the reading as 
is utterly narcissistic. Um, but in retrospect, I don't. I, I think it was a question of expectations. Um, there would so have I been a reasonable her. a reasonable talk in a different circumstance. Yeah, 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 for sure. Are you talking about yourself in both third person and with a different uh, pronoun? <laughs> I'm not. I well, oh, okay. ha, am I? Have I done that? Have you heard me do that? Has she done that? <laughs> I mean. <laughs> 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 it puts the lotion in the basket. She puts a lotion in some baskets. <laughs> Boys, boy did, boy, did you ruin that line. <laughs> did I get that wrong? Yeah. She puts a lotion in some baskets. <laughs> I haven't seen it for a while. <laughs> you know, everybody who made, everybody who was in that movie is dead. That's super false. Or maybe it's just, just the director. <laughs> just the director. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know that when a director dies, it's like when an Egyptian king died that they and slaughtered all of his livestock and wives. That means they have to execute Anthony Hopkins and Jodie Foster. Sir Anthony Hopkins. Yes, I've I've been expecting you. <laughs> Oh, thank goodness, no. Yeah. No, they're all all still alive. That would definitely cut down on the number of people who uh <laughs> who smugly comment upon the characters they're portraying <laughs> as though they're as though they're real yeah. people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it has a logic to it though. Let's say it's the, 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 the final madness of auteur theory. Oh, and that was Jonathan Demi. You're right. He did. He did. He did die a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Stop making sense, man. That's a hell of a good movie. Yeah. Long pause though. Not a fan. Uh, I. It was fine. I think. <laughs> I think. I think it was. It, it was. It's a great. The Talking Heads is a great band. <laughs> okay. okay. I'm not sure if. Uh, I'm not sure he gets the credit for stop making sense. Yeah, no, that's that's true, but I think I think he he's considering he's a director who definitely does have a very distinctive style when he's making a a narrative film. Uh, he was equally adept at getting out of the way and allowing uh, allowing us to really feel what Talking Heads is like on stage. Yeah, but uh, yes, it is a good movie, but it's not. Entirely because of Jonathan Demme. Now, if 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 he if the Talking Heads was an invention of his just for that movie, <laughs> yeah, that would be interesting. I would like to see a concert movie in which the the whole band and and everything, all the music and the story of the band and everything, was an invention of like the director. This is Spinal Tap, for instance, mm, but not comic necessarily, but also good. Yeah, well, stuff, yeah, Spinal Tap rocks. But, um, but I yeah, wanted just to a, just, uh, a, just a purely a concert film. Years and years ago, um, purely a concert film. I pitched a fictional thirty-three and a third book to the to those people, Uh which they should—they should have done it. I think they have since done it with another writer, but um, I got a—I got a friendly uh, no thanks. Yeah, but uh, I still kind of want to do it. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I did. I I started. I wrote about one hundred and twenty pages of a novel. That's basically that. Yeah. Um, but then I, t- I put set it aside. I wrote uh, Broken's River, 
the uh, mm-hmm. Dutch Perkins River. Yeah. Now that was now that was um, that, that was, was the, Jay Hawkins. I was thinking that screaming, was the, screaming Jay Hawkins, the dwarf, the backwards talking dwarf in Twin Peaks. Yeah. He didn't want to do the new series, by the way. The smaller gentleman. Yes, the small gentleman. He's he he's one of the handful of people who declined. Uh, another one is the one who played the sheriff, Harry. He just doesn't want to act anymore. Oh, he wasn't. He's not in it. Yeah, all all the other major cast members except for those two. Harry S. Truman is he retired from acting? Or I think he's retired from acting. Yeah, he was not the he was not the strongest part of that show. No, he wasn't a strong actor at mm-hmm. all. But I think he fit the role well. I think that was, you know, it's appropriate that that was the... He was the main character, though, I have to say. I think the Harry sheriff? S. Truman was... I think the sheriff was really the main character, and and uh, Kyle MacLachlan, a, um, uh, you know, an antagonistic buddy. Okay. Uh, as the, you know... Uh, which may have been a, one of the flaws of, of the show. I started watching a new show yesterday, and um, uh, <laughs> reminded of what I don't like. I'm trying not to be cranky because my my face my face doesn't hurt, so I don't need to be a critic. <laughs> I do feel that that, that um, most these you know these great new television shows um, are. Uh, uh, end up being boring, sure. You know, because they've got a great, they've got everything going for them, except that they have to then. The, it's too large a, can, a canvas. Okay. Right? The, the the infinity of of television series is deadening. And I, almost I'll buy case. that. I'll buy that. But I was watching this new this new Amazon show that's called something. Hmm. Set in the Arctic. Okay, okay. It's with the gentleman who is not Patrick Swayze. We're getting closer. Nor is he Kurt Russell, nor Nipsey Russell. Okay. Uh, um, could it be? Uh, could that man be Stanley Tucci and the the series be Fortitude? Uh, the series is Fortitude. I don't believe that Stanley Tucci is in it. I believe it's, it's uh, one of the Quaid brothers. Okay, well, Stanley Tucci is in it. Uh, oh. So we have Richard Dormer. Yeah, I haven't seen I haven't seen Bjorn, Mr. Tucci. Bjorn Haraldson. Yeah, set in Norway. So this is this is a thing you recommend this show. Tell me about this. I show. recommend. No, I recommend. I recommend it. But it it, it um, uh, after some exciting things such as a reindeer eating a polar bear, a reindeer killing and eating a polar bear. Hey, Oscar. You're telling me that a. That reindeer, reindeer killed and ate a polar bear. Yeah, reindeer killing and eating a polar bear. What else do I need to say to sell, to sell you on this? Nothing. Yeah, I'm, I'm in. I'm in. I watched. By the way, did I ever tell you? You told me back when um, the, your your Trump suffering was new. You told me that yeah. you were um, watching Designated Survivor, the yeah. ABC. Yeah presidential disaster series and so owen and i started binging on it and we're now you know we watched together in fact we'll watch an episode tonight um it's very silly and corny it's very silly and watchably watchably silly yeah i've been i've been enjoying it a lot yeah but last week 
and, and, and despite having every detail of kind of contemporary paranoia and politics, it seems to bear no relation on it. It does not feel connected. <laughs> no, it's really that's, odd. That's a major achievement. That's a major achievement. Yeah, I'm feeling them. I'm feeling them try when they try to do it. When they try to slip in a little commentary on it, it just seems it. No. It just seems like it. Like the, the someone described it to them over the phone or something. It just does doesn't seem realistic yeah. in the least. No, it's like Gilligan's Island trying to comment on the Vietnam War. <laughs> and did that happen? They might try, but you don't. It just doesn't. You don't notice it even. Yeah. yeah. Did it happen? I. How could it not have happened? Yeah. Right? Of course. Uh, and it did. How could it not have happened? Also, it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, actually, getting rid of that. I'm not going to use that. Um, last week, the the most egregious and hilarious um, product placement I've ever seen on television. There's a moment where they go out. In Designated Survivor, when they're out, they're, they're out. They've gone out to see the rich guy on his ranch. <laughs> yeah. And they're walking back to the car and she auto starts it with her phone. Yeah, she auto starts it. She takes out her phone and there's a nice long shot of the Ford, Ford. phone app. Right? It's about a second. It's about three yeah. seconds long. Oh, yeah, and then she Ford. pushes the button to start the car. And then you're in the car. You know, there's a shot from yeah. in the car. Yeah. And the first of all, <laughs> it's a long shot of the inside of the car where yeah, you see the lights turn on. And then the onboard computer computer comes on and the ford logo sort of glistens on the screen but then they get into the car and leave it's not the same car it's not even the same car it's not the same car the car they get into doesn't even have a big screen in it it's it's a it is a ford but it's a totally different ford that doesn't have the onboard it was obviously like you know what we just they made the episode it was ready to go then they cut the deal with ford and they're yeah. just like, all right, let's just find some grass. We're going to send a lady out there and put the app on the phone in yeah. her hand. Yeah. It turns, turns, turns out there was great. no, there's no reason for that, for them to go to that, for the whole scene to happen, except to provide the excuse to start the car. But because of and this, because of how, how silly that is, makes that <laughs> my favorite moment of the, of, of the show. And perhaps it's, one of the greatest, one of the greatest moments in television history. Yeah, it's spectacular. Because because of the awkwardness of the um, uh, of the commercial aspect of it, having to slow down and f- to focus on this other thing, you're expecting narratively the car to explode. <laughs> the expectation is that the car is going to blow up. Because why else would they sort of? Why else did we have this ten or fifteen second bit about? Yeah. Okay, now let's walk back to the car and they sort of slow, patient shots of the car. And the inside of the car, where you accept, you expect, okay, is it going to blow up from this shot? Because <laughs> if it blows up now, then maybe they'll survive. Or it's like oh. one of the one of the guys is kind of expendable, so you think, oh, so this is where that guy dies because that dude's totally going to die. That kind of thing happens on the show all the time, too. It, like it, it yeah. and and a lot of those are sort of narratively out of place as well. So it's like the your the the exact ham handedness that the show handles. Yeah. Even correct, like real narrative elements. Yeah, uh, expects makes you expect. So I'm, I luckily some someone someone <laughs> someone uploaded it to YouTube. So there it is. So, for you. Somebody, somebody else, others have noticed. Yeah, it was like it's like watching a, a cakewalk, <laughs> um, or a song with lots of fake endings. You know? <laughs> it's like a suspense. They added a whole new layer of suspense. 
you know. So, so for the rest of watching the show, which I think will not not be a, a, a problem that anyone's going to have, uh, you know, every time something suspenseful is about to happen, like I'm sure there'll be three or four more assassination attempts. Sure. So you know, just as the sniper is you know getting ready from his from his window, we'll have a long shot, and it will be you know of like the guy's shoes or something, and then the assassination won't happen. You know, yeah, I can't wait. So oh, it's certainly not to me that that moment was not a demerit. <laughs> no, no, it was. Owen and I <laughs> roared with laughter. It was great. Um, yeah. He's by the way, he's he's dubbed the show President Dad. That's his. <laughs> That's good. Alternate title yeah. for it. Um, yeah. He's wearing, of course, he's wearing a he's wearing Cornell gear in the first episode. Obviously, somebody, somebody, uh, you know, some showrunner or, or writer went to Cornell and. Gave him a Cornell degree. And then they had, there's a moment a few episodes ago where he's meeting with some old political friend he went to college with, mm-hmm. and they're talking about, <laughs> actually, this is worth linking to as well. They're talking about this restaurant called The Pines. Um, in Ithaca? In Ithaca. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Glenwood, Glenwood Pines. Um, and they have their, their famous Pines burger. <laughs> but I don't... I don't think it's that famous. Um, it does say it's right here on the menu. I've never eaten at the at Glenwood Pines, but maybe okay. I should. I can. I mean, it's my birthday. I can go, do whatever I want. Um, the is original today your birthday. Today's my birthday. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's why I have the Yeti. Birthday to you. Thank you, Eddie. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Scribbles. Happy <laughs> birthday to you. Thank you. That that nickname is uh, deeply flattering to me. I do, yeah. I do love it. Not sure. many nicknames have stuck to me historically, but you've called yeah. me that for a long time. Johnny Scribbles. Johnny Scribbles. Um, for a while, that was my name on Facebook when I had a Facebook. Um, anyway, here on the menu of the Glenwood Pines, it says, the original world-famous Pines Burger, voted Ithaca's favorite burger year after year. I don't recall this election taking place. I don't <laughs> yeah. know. Yeah. Might be a mail-in ballot, and it's, they've got the wrong address for you. <laughs> that must be it. A six-ounce yeah. cheeseburger served on French bread with lettuce, tomato, onions, and your choice of Thousand Islander mayo. So the gimmick is French bread. And in this uh, in this scene in Designated Survivor... Um, Kiefer Sutherland and some other dude are eating. Mm-hmm. They had they had the the kit the White House kitchen recreate the Pines Burger. Oh, that's right. And the, the guys like, did you have these flown in from Ithaca? So always, I'm I I, I wish there were more of those. Wish there were more of those. I like. That. And because of that Ford moment, I can only assume that the Cornell placement uh, is not because somebody on the writing staff went to Cornell, but because Cornell <laughs> University paid them. <laughs> Yeah, and, sure. the, and the Ethan Glenwood Pines <laughs> ponied up that. four thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> that struggling current uh, television networks were only too happy to take. I'm kind of surprised that the website doesn't say anything about the. They should. Yeah. To- they should totally have a screenshot of the show. Oh, maybe they don't even know. Maybe nobody told them. No, maybe they pan- saw it and then also thought that the show wasn't that good. Yeah. <laughs> like like, uh, no. uh, it's very exciting that we we're mentioned on television, but I mean, come on! <laughs> <laughs> you just call it call it the Spruce Burger, or we'll sue. Yeah. 
Yeah. But it was, it's a nice, uh, the idea that I'm taking comfort from a show in which the, um, in which the, uh, the Senate was blown up by terrorists. Yeah. Um, Senate, the house, uh, yeah. Supreme court. Yeah. Uh, and their families. And, uh, yeah. Uh, but luckily that, that, that shadow does not really linger over the show. This, this Once is my in a while, one though. of them will say, don't you understand that all my friends are dead? And then they have to say that because we have forgotten. <laughs> We've forgotten. Be- because, be- because the most, everybody's carrying on as if that hadn't happened. The FBI Except there's plot, a practical problem to be solved. Yeah. The FBI plot and the, and the, the FBI, FBI investigation plot and the, the um, weak presidency plots have diverged so far from one another that it's almost like I, I I often forget that, that the capital has been destroyed. Um, Owen at one point said, (laughs) so why are there only two people in the FBI? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that is definitely what it feels like. Yeah. Yeah. It's a terrible, terrible show. Yeah. He said with a smile. But there's one with the reindeer eating a polar bear. Yeah, yeah, Fortitude. Fortitude's pretty good, too. And also not very good. Yeah, okay. It's just, it's just bad enough for me to be able to watch it. Yeah. I've been enjoying The Americans. I uh, just finished season four of The Americans, yeah. which is a straight-up good show. It's, it's a decent show until season three, and then it becomes very good about a mm-hmm. couple uh, who appear American in every way but are actually Russian spies. Right, right. I understand the premise. I watched one episode, and, and it seemed like there was a lot of of uh, 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 parking garage meetings. <laughs> there, there have been a few, sure. Yeah, and I, I, I down at the dock, the turn off for me. A yeah. ben- bench in a park. The thing yeah. is, the the thing that uh, one of the things I don't find realistic is that the meetings, the uh, between the you know spies, the people who are dropping off some intel or something, and they just do not take any pains to make it look like a normal interaction in a park. Like that's not like people don't just sit down on a bench with a stranger and start talking and then hand someone something and then get up and, and leave. That's, that's a, that's illicit. That doesn't look like that doesn't look normal. Uh, If someone, if you're sitting on a bench in a park, even though there's space next to you, Mm -hmm. generally people don't sit there. Yeah, that's, that's generally true. It's a bench that could fit three, mm-hmm. but if it fits one, it's it's for one. If you're in like Union Square there on a something. summer's day, yeah. you, you know people will sit next to you. Really but. crowded, maybe. Yeah, but then yeah. then you get up and walk away. Usually. Yeah, yeah, because you can't take that shit. No. That's no good. It's America, we don't have to sit next to strangers on no, a bench. No, yeah, that's the tell for the spies. Yeah. So I looked at, at uh, your log cabin. Um, yeah. So you're you're taking a route between Denver and Missoula that will put you going through Yellowstone. Oh, hadn't even noticed. Good. It is good. You don't really have time to enjoy it. No. But um, it's good. Well, the day that I'm arriving in Missoula is not the day that I'm reading in Missoula. So... I oh. I don't have to hurry through uh, you know oh. okay. I can st- I can stop probably we'll stop for a meal in Yellowstone maybe 
No. Sounds good. No, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I, have you ever been to? Have you ever been to Yellowstone? No, I haven't been there for twenty five years, but I did go. And now. this is this is. Oh, actually, I don't know. If, may they might not. You know, they might they might not be open. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, the park might not be open. You might have to go around. You you'll probably really mid May. Still too cold. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, it's seven to eight thousand feet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, snow plows. I mean, if you can, if, if 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 the road through it is open, you should go. Some of the the, the things won't be open really until you know, probably June first. I don't I don't know if if it's been snowy. It's, it has been snowy. We're looking at maybe Bozeman as a stopping point. Oh, also, well, I might have yeah, to. St- but, I'm, but between oh. between where you're between Silver Pines or whatever and bozeman you've got a bunch of country to go through yeah um and your your the paths may be constrained by winter travel still um if you can go through jackson yeah wyoming i think you're on, on a you're, you'll be not too far from jackson you should go through jackson all right you i think you could at least see the tetons probably sure um but if those roads are closed and it's just kind of two lane you know state highways between there and montana um you might have to end up on a path of interstate that takes you over into Idaho mm-hmm. and then up like the big hole or either, either uh, whatever the road is that goes to Bozeman or faster, the, the one that would take you up the big hole into Butte, both of which would be fine. Butte would be a lovely thing to drive through. Mm-hmm. See the Our Lady of the Rockies. Yeah, I mean, Bozeman's fine, but Bozeman and Missoula are not that different from each other. That's true. Butte is special, though. Butte is weird. Yeah. Butte is fun to show somebody. Yeah, and that is a thing that I'm going to be doing. So yeah. maybe... Because you drive, you drive up to the downtown Butte, and then, you know, you go far, farther up the hill. And so it you can disappears, see the yeah. Pit. You can see and the then pit. And then keep, you keep going, you see all the, the weird little shacks and houses that are kind of, you know, even above downtown that are 100 years old, but yeah. small, and people are still living in, and everybody has... I mean, it's it's a uh, that's Butte. Butte gets weird and 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 lovely. Is the is the mint bar still there? I believe so. Let's see. Going to the mint, you could go into the Helsinki Club. This is the, the Helsinki n- Yacht Club. The new mint bar. Hmm. Yeah. It might have been new since. Oh 1920. no! <laughs> no, no, it's uh. <laughs> No, it's someone is selling. Someone's selling tokens from the mint bar. I guess game tokens or drink tokens from the mint bar. I don't know. It's still the center of their St. Patrick's Day thing. I think. Oh my god! Yeah. Okay. So the mint bar still exists. There it is. Okay. Boy, what a weird town. All right. Great. Butte. Butte. Got to stop in Butte. And then you'll be out to... Are you going to Seattle also? Yeah. Gonna, I'm doing Seattle an event with, uh, with Washita. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. Right. You want to come? Uh, I might. I might. Partly because she'll be departing Seattle. She's moving to assume a position at... Ohio, Ohio State, something like that. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. So she'll be leaving the Northwest, and then down here. So you're, I'll be with you on that Sunday afternoon. No, Thursday night. 
Yeah, that makes sense. At Powell's. Yeah, that's the last the pre- day of the tour. The previous Sunday afternoon in the same room, I'll be uh, talking with uh, 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 Greg Pardlow. Oh, great. And then in August, I'll be doing a little little, little chat with Andy Greer. Oh, does he have a book through. coming out? He has a a, a new uh, comic book. Not a comic book, but a... Comedy? A comedy. A comic novel. A comic novel. I think he's always been a funny writer, but he's they've been tragic in plot. Sad. Yeah, that aspect telling. of his writerly personality, which when we first knew him was um, always on, on display, was has yeah. not been as prevalent in his published work as his juvenilia. And I miss that part of his, his writing. So this is good. Yeah, he's a funny guy. He's a funny writer. It's not Cowboy Up, is it? <laughs> it's, it's, it's Blue Lusitania. It's Blue Lusitania, that's right. I don't know the name of it. He he actually, I if I remember right, for for the uninitiated, Blue Lusitania was Scots on the Rocks. What's that? Scots on the Rocks. That's what it's called. I don't know. That was another project of his. <laughs> um, hold on. Andy Greer wrote this book, Blue Lusitania, in graduate school. It was the one yeah. we all went up to Flathead Lake to workshop. And yeah. uh, on, a, on a long weekend. Um, and it's like his favorite, his great favorite abandoned thing that he never published. Um, but I think, I think he wrote a, um, an essay. He did. Ab- about um, that. For something. Um, oh my God. The, you can go on this. <laughs> you can go to something called uh, ScholarWorks. Uh, it's a U of M website where you get to read bits of dissertations, theses, and professional papers. And yeah. um, you can, I don't think you can actually read it on here, but it's a, there's a listing for it. You can go to the university of Montana oh, library and his, read his it. Thesis. Yeah. It was his thesis. Yeah. Yeah. I can't find the essay that he wrote, but um, it was but, for some little, as I ran across it in print um, and it was in something I'd never I think that's where I found it. Yeah. Um, but any, if any anyone should can get their hands on this, it's very entertaining, I must say. So it'll be good to see him. Yeah. I'm sorry that I'll miss it. Who knew we're only three months apart? <laughs> the idea that I'm going to miss it is silly. I'm only going to be in Portland for one day. Yeah. I'm in Portland for one day every three years. And yeah. um, of course, I'm going to miss it because I'm never in Portland. Relatively. Right, is, is, what's the last stop on that drive? Is it Portland? It's Portland. You fly home from Portland. Yeah, I do. Fly home on Friday, and then uh, well, it's fly, Friday or Saturday I fly home. I can't remember. Huh? And then I'm going to. Will you be staying with us? May I? Please do. I don't think I answered you on that, but uh, the answer is yes. Yeah, you that, can stay in this very room. <laughs> I would love it. Uh, the, that last leg of the tour, I'll be I'll yeah. be by myself and um, okay. and flopping if I may. And I might pop up to Seattle and come down with you. I guess the time I guess the time has come to ask people if I can stay with them. I sh- I need to stay somewhere in Seattle. I don't know uh, what to do. Well, if we have any Seattle friends, <laughs> we'll have to. We'll have to Listening. make some. It's spare rooms. <laughs> you have a lot of friends in Seattle. I do. I do. But it's it's like I have a lot of friends who are 
you were you used to be my closest friend in Seattle, but mm. now I have. So it was obvious that if I were in Seattle, I would ask you yeah. if I could stay with you. But now I have lots of friends who are around the same level of friend, which is to say, I talk to them online sometimes, and I see them when I am on a book tour. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure. I mean, I could just ask Alyssa, but I don't know, that's probably what I'll end up doing. Yeah, or um, other friends who uh, who listen to the show regularly, who are yeah. who are people that you know, who who they know who I'm. They know I'm talking about them, but I'm not going to say their names because I don't want to put them on the spot. <laughs> they could email me or you. Yeah, they could offer do that. to put you up. <laughs> they could do that. Oh, yeah. great. So yeah, so that's that's the book tour. And uh well there's one wrinkle, which is my it's a wrinkle in time? Uh no, but it's a it's a wrinkled person. It's my grandmother, Mary oh. Stein, who has been ailing. And oh, sorry. she may it's okay. She's she's ninety. Um and has lived a very full life. So if the, she does not survive her current struggles, um, her name is Mary Stein, Mary, Mary Jane Stein. Yeah. It's not Mary Shelley. No, Mary Shelley S. Franken. <laughs> that never occurred to you. No, it's not Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. <laughs> oh, it's your dear, it's your dear grandmother. I, I don't it's, mean to. No, it's cool. It's, it's okay. Mary Shelley S. Franken is not her her name though. Um, uh, but Shelley she's she's in the hospital where she she may she may recover. Um, but every she's time she goes in the hospital, yeah, she's in Florida. The chance that she'll come out is yeah. smaller and smaller. Uh-huh. So I may have to cancel a date or two on the tour, and and uh, uh, we'll see. We'll see how things go. Well, let's not. Let's hope not. Not for the sake of the literary world, but for the yeah c- continued uh, health and long life of your grandmother. Yep, yep. It's amazing that I have a grandmother at age forty-seven. Hmm. <laughs> Maybe it's not amazing. I was just thinking of a, of a, uh, one of Oscar's best friends, who's uh, who's. The addition to them being best friends, our connection to her is that she is uh, one of Jill's high school friends' sisters' daughters. Yeah, uh, because a series of, of kids being had relatively young, so this kid's, I think, great grandmother is still alive and not that old. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, it's impressive. Other generations. I think my great grandmother might have been born in the 1700s or something. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> that might actually be true. Uh, 1920, 1930, 1880. Yeah. 18, so my great-grandparents were probably born in the 1830s. Wow. During the, during, during the first Trump administration. <laughs> Jackson. Oh, he hated the Civil War. He hated, he hated World War One. Yeah. I mean, he was really, he really was uh, opposed to <laughs> the Korean conflict. He even, came, he had a strongly worded op-ed about the Grenada invasion. <laughs> and was, uh, and he, he explained how he could have, he would have had a way of shutting that thing down. Yeah. 
Oh my God. Trump. <laughs> my mother was here yesterday and was ranting about Trump. When my mother is ranting about politics, you know that we're in a, we're in a strange era. We are in a strange era. Hey, uh, so, um, uh, we're, we're this episode's getting long in the tooth. You have any? Um, I got a, I got a couple of books to recommend. Okay. Um, and I have a I, I accidentally invented a cocktail, and I'm going to share share that cocktail. How did you accidentally invent a cocktail? Well, I was trying to. I it was one of those like, what do I have that I can mix into something somewhat boozy okay. and, and refreshing? And I came up with a solution. Um, well, I'll do the cocktail first. It's uh. I th- I think it's called the Jerry Hallowell, uh, b- mostly because it has ginger in it. What I did mm-hmm. this week is I made some ginger simple syrup, um, which okay. I had made once before to make drinks for a party, and thought this was very simple and it made the place smell good. I should do this more often than I never did. So the other day I bought some ginger and I went for it. I made the ginger simple syrup, and uh, had some iced tea in the fridge. So I made a drink that is, let's say, two parts iced tea, one part gin, one part uh, lemon juice, little mm-hmm. splash of Cointreau, little splat or Grand Marnier would work, little splash of um, ginger simple syrup, shake it with ice, pour it mm-hmm. over ice, uh, and you've got yourself a uh, summer cocktail. Refreshing. That's nice. You call it the Jerry Hollowell. Jerry Hollowell, as in, as in, let's mix up some Jerry's. Uh, book, uh, the new Jeff Vandermeer novel, Born, right. which right. he came to Ithaca and read from a month or so ago. Incredibly good. Just so it's about a post-apocalyptic world, environmental destruction, war, mm-hmm. and so on have, has have rendered the world a, uh, a disastrous mess. And uh, um, biotech is everywhere. Sort mm-hmm. of rogue biotech is everywhere. Created by an organization called the Company, which is now defunct. But it's it's um, you know it's uh, creations are out and about, including a giant flying bear named Mord, off of whose hide scavengers hunt smaller animals that fall off of Mord. Interesting. And the protagonist. Uh, a woman um, finds this uh, fleshy ball, brings it home, considers eating it, but it starts to um, thrive and grow, and it turns into an extraordinarily powerful and intelligent being whom she names Born. Um, and it, uh, Born tries to become human um, in various ways. And fails because he's not, um, and it's surprisingly sweet and loving and moving. And uh, I, uh, I admit to, admit to crying a few times. Oh, yeah. I I will I will get it and read it. It's good. Post taste. Jeff has Jeff's prose is just spectacular. So, mm-hmm. so there you go. Drinking a book. Um, what have you linked me to here? Oh, poems by Carl Damschek. A a new book by. Um a short book by uh, Carl Adamschick called Receipt, which is a collaboration between him and uh, an artist named Andy Buck. 
Adam Schick. Adam Schick, not Adam Schick. Schick. Damn Schick. Okay. So who these? Yeah. What's the? It says figures by Andy Buck. What does this mean? Well, they're they're um. So the the book is uh, poems. Well, and and some other little weird writings. Um. Uh, besides responding to these kind of sculptures, mm-hmm, little mm-hmm. figurines that uh, uh, this, this artist friend Andy Buck uh, made, uh, carved out of wood, um, that are that are uh, presented through excellent photography, really excellent photography. Um, are they posed and, uh, in um, activities, daily activities? No, or they- no, they're just kind of standing. The, the activity is standing around, yeah. uh, being talked about. Um, uh, in conversation, and the other book is in conversation between the two. Um, I think it's really, uh, uh, really mesmerizing and hilarious and moving. Uh, both the poems on their own, but then the relationship between the poems and the images is uh, um, is is. I've never read anything. I've never read. Uh, I've never. I've never s- uh, it's not exactly reading because it, it's a very strange experience. It's a very personal experience. It's very weird. I can't really think of any other book that is quite like this. Be- partly because the, the figurines are sort of emanations and responding to the, the poems, which are about people. And some of the carvings are carvings of people that are in the poems. And some of the poems are, are about some of the carvings. And oh, yeah. Sort of. It's it's a... Some of it's, you know, it's it's connected to the actual social world that both artists are in, but also its own little micro world separate from all of that. And uh, this is definitely a step beyond the usual. Let's collaborate. I'll make some. You, oh. Look, you and I did it. You know, you you wrote poems about my photographs, and Lou Beach and I did something like that too. I wrote stories about his mm-hmm. uh, collages, but this this sounds like this is ac- an actual dialogue. It's an actual dialogue. It also feels like a, it, it, you know, it, it, it's it's a, it, it feels like a kind of puppeteering. Yeah. yeah, all right. Which is weird to say, but but reading it and looking at the book and the pictures, it feels like like you're participating, participating in um, in, a, in a kind of puppet show, the puppet show that we all walk around in. Mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful book. Uh, really highly highly recommend. Okay. Getting it. There's no other, no substitute for getting it. Also, the last thing I want to talk about is so I have a student from New Jersey, okay. where you're from, although he's from Southern New Jersey, um, who I talk to quite a bit, you know, in class and stand around after class. I noticed that uh, um, uh, he he says tortoise instead of towards. Wait, wait, wait. He or says, it sounds like when he says towards or toward, mm-hmm. it sounds a lot like tortoise. I think t- uh, towards. Toward, towards yeah towards i don't say towards. that but i've I, towards instead of towards 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 yeah towards like towards. two two syllables towards sounds like tortoise it sounds a little like tortoise 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 i'm going over tortoise the i'm going to get some scrapple over tortoise it's over tortoise bethlehem <laughs> Where'd you get that scrapple? Over tortoise Allentown. Over tortoise. Is tortoise. any other any other uh, 
any other quirks about this person, pronunciations or, or otherwise? No, he's a, he's a very, very, very smart, interesting guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, um, but this is this is one thing that I, I hadn't encountered linguistically. Tortoise. 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 Tortoise Bethlehem. Tortoise. Tortoise. <laughs> Going down, uh, where is that place? It's over Tortoise to Shore. <laughs> You going to the shore this summer? Yeah, I'm going over tortoise it. Not all the way to it. Going tortoise it. But then I'm going to stop right before I get to it. I'm going, I'm not going away from it. I'm going tortoise it, but I'm not going all the way to it. Just going tortoise it. Did you read that thing in that book? Yeah. I, think, I can't remember where it is in the book. It's uh, kind of tortoise the back of the book. Uh, or maybe it's tortoise the front. I can't remember. It's in the index. It was towards the A's, A's. I think maybe it was a B. Well, maybe it was towards closer, closer towards the Z's. Who is? Who have you turned into? Somebody who says tortoise. Tortoise. <laughs> trying to just trying to trying to wrap my 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 armature around tortoise. What are, what are the the rules that are set by tortoise as a substitute for towards? Yeah, and the the repercussions for the rest of. Of, uh, of the alphabet. Well, that's a that's a project for a it's a project for a Sunday afternoon. I'm gonna spend the rest of the rest of the day doing it. <laughs> I'm gonna get Oscar talking like this. <laughs> We're gonna go over tortoise the. I'm gonna take Norm and go over tortoise the golf course. Over the ball pit. Tortoise the ball pit. The ball pit. The pulpit. Yeah. <laughs> the bully ball pit. Yeah. <laughs> Going over tortoise the bully ball pit. <laughs> anyway, well, yeah. um, have fun wrapping up the semester and and unwrapping the presents. Because <laughs> it's your birthday. It's my birthday. I didn't get you anything. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> We're doing a podcast. That's my gift to myself. There's no. By gift. the way, I can't believe this Disney prize. Can't believe this microphone costs a hundred bucks. It's great. Does it sound good? It looks yeah, good. It's terrific. Yeah, mine makes me sound better than I should. It doesn't correct my mumble. I need one that corrects my mumble. <laughs> yeah, pay, you pay extra for the, for the mumble correct. Yeah, two hundred bucks <laughs> for the mumble corrector. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Eddie! All right, you want to wrap? It's money up? well spent. Money well spent, my friend. <laughs> All right, take care. Uh, I'll talk to you soon, buddy. Are you hungry for lunch? Well, then let's have lunch. Do you want some lunch? Well, then we'll give you some lunch. Do you have a hankering for lunch? Well, then come to. It's time for Lunchbox with Ed and John.